Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, the edge rushers were on display yesterday and they were beautiful. It's a great time to be a basketball fan in Kansas City and it's time for Kelsey to break a leg. Figuratively. Now two guys who know when the boss is away, the boys will play. Cody Tap and Alex Gold. Oh, and it's a Friday, too. Oh, man. Club 610 at 1 o'clock today. Club 610. You know what I was thinking we could do? Let me hear this. Wait, it's what? a Friday. Yeah. Boss hey. is gone. Club 610. Let's huh. steal some guests. Let's steal some <laughs> guests from the other show. Who are we stealing? I don't know. We got to find out who they Call want. Call up Mitchell Schwartz. Call him up. Get him on our show. Here we go. Call him up. Barbershop? Get Barbara on the show today. Club six ten. I'll text Barbara. I'll say you're welcome to stop by Tell one him. o'clock there today. You go. Uh, how much EDM music are you planning for that section of time? Did you did you get the disco ball? Did you get? It's the, coming. It's you not get, here today though. Cody, no, it's did, going to oh. come today. Oh, okay. it will be delivered oh. for Club six ten later today. Okay, Cody, did you get the party favors? If you know what I'm saying. We discussed that off the well, air. Well, initially, about a week ago, it was going to snow today, and now it's just rain. <laughs> so, Not nearly as fun. Just rain today. Just well, no, rain. I think there's a chance. Any weather could hit. We don't know. Okay. Just checking. Hope everybody's having a good start to their Friday. It is going to be a fun show, as they always are, but on a Friday and with the circumstances that Nick laid out, it just adds to it. Who knows what's going to happen over the next four hours and certainly in the one o'clock hour today. I might start at 1230. Club 610 oh, might start like a half hour early for me. Oh, you're the guy that gets to the club really early. Is that you? <laughs> you get there really early because you're worried about waiting in well, line outside stake, the club? Well, he's got to stake out a spot on the dance floor. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. it's important. Uh-huh. Get a cocktail in you, does calm it, the does, nerves. Does Aaron, Aaron, does Aaron Ladd know what he's in for at 1 o'clock I don't think today? so. I'm guessing he still has to work tonight. So, I don't know. We do way, have, I do think club six tends to be spelled for us. six and then the number 10 spelled yes. out. I'd like to make oh, that clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to be clear, well, I think yeah. it should be the number six and 10 spelled out. That's mm. how club 610 we'll get a We'll get a logo designed for club 610. And we'll just actually have it where it's just magnetic and just the, the door on the the door outside our studio. We put a sign up only at one o'clock on Fridays. Nick, do you think you could design that by one o'clock? Well, it's not going to happen today. <laughs> what? You got to be kidding me. Is that too much? Too much of a time a crunch? Bit, a little bit. And who knows? If it all oh. goes well over the next couple weeks, who knows? Maybe even a Club 610 spot makes it into the Cody and Gold garage sale. I mean, you never wow. know. The thing, we'll see how things go. Ooh, I'm people be excited by that problem. That possibility. Uh, you can hit us up on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line 913 586 
seven, six, ten. So the combine, the draft, all that is going on this week. And yesterday was defensive lineman, as Nick mentioned in his intro. And it it was clear that as we know, as time goes on, the athleticism seems to at times increase for these 280, 290 pound football players coming out of college. Like it just gets better and better every single year in terms of what the human body is capable of. Basically it's with, with training, it's nuts. And yesterday that was on display. Some of the in like a big 40, 40 times combined with bench press combined with you're talking about a guy that's six, four, two eighty. And you're, you're looking at some of these 40 times. There's the, the Nolan Smith kid out of Georgia. He ran a 4.39? Yeah. And he had a 41 and a half inch <laughs> vertical. <laughs> I mean, just ridiculous stuff. Can we just, maybe let's just spend the next 15 minutes talking about why the Chiefs must draft <laughs> Nolan Smith, right? <laughs> Can you imagine I, Nolan Smith going against Orlando Brown Jr.? Here's the thing, though. I, it, I the mean, just like jump over him. It'd be like... <laughs> Like a Marvel movie. You wouldn't even have to, just, wouldn't have to go around I want him. one of those. The reason why we bring it up, though, is because if you are looking to improve your defensive line or your pass rush, okay, you can sign Chris Jones and, and keep him here long term. You got Karloftis. We talked yesterday about Frank Clark, and I think all three of us would like to bring him back. But if you're really going to improve the defensive line and your pass rush next year, what are you doing in free agency? I is that path exist? I, I don't know if it does. And if that's the case, then we're talking about these guys in the draft. The, the simple reality is you're never or shouldn't currently, based on the way this offseason is going to look, spend the kind of money it would take to keep yourself as the second best sack team in the NFL. Instead, you got to go right back into the draft and your way to maintain that status. One of the better sack teams in the NFL is to do it via the draft. And wasn't yesterday the clearest sign ever? that that's not going to be all that challenging at 31 again? Or instead of this time, right? Instead of trading up to 21 to take the corner, trading up to 21 to take the defensive lineman? Look, Nolan Smith, who was being projected right around that range, probably yeah. isn't going to be anymore, yes. I'm guessing, based on that performance. He signed up for three events, and he finished in the 97th overall percentile in all three of them. Well, he picked 40 he, time vertical. He picked oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason well, why he picked those he's three. Pretty good at those, it <laughs> yeah. turns out. And that's enough to feel like, yeah, I feel like that guy's going to be pretty good in the NFL just based on athleticism did, alone. But, like, there's yeah. so many freak athletes on the defensive line in this draft. And you're going to give, what, $120 million you pointed out to Chris Jones? Then you should just think. Think, let's get a super talented defensive lineman again. Let's try to repeat the six-sack Karloftis guy again. And then let's just get a better year out of him in year two, like happens with defensive linemen all the time. You know, the good news is it is a deep class at the position that we're talking about here. You know, when we looked at the average numbers of sacks for rookies, as we did with Karloftis, he, you know, three was the expectation. Three and a half was the expectation. And then you just laid he it out. It. And he went up to had over six sacks this year. Can they do that again at pick 31? Or is this where they need to trade up? Last year, they traded up not to get Karloftis. They traded up to get Trent McDuffie. They actually took Karloftis at their original pick, at their original spot. Uh, so that would be it, my only hesitation. Like, they were very fortunate, and they get credit for scouting and, and development in season for Karloftis. But it's not usually a six-and-a-half sack guy at 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. And so in terms of that instant impact, Eh, I, I, don't, I don't know if you might be a little more that. common if they all look like yesterday's I mean, draft athletic, combine athletic freaks. Yeah. I mean, athletic freaks for sure. Why did, by the way, Nolan Smith got to pick three events. I, I was forced to do the bench press when we did the combine. You would like to I not like choose to, certain can I, events. Can I pick the events? I know I'm not going to do well at because it was a points total okay. system. Okay. Just, just wondering, man. The dumb people can't choose not to do the wonder lick. <laughs> it doesn't say, work did that you way. Say the dumb people. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They don't even do the wonder lick anymore. Right? 
That's that's all they, gone. They got right? eliminated, right? That's what I'm saying. I don't think they do that anymore. Did it come back or something? Well, because last year people were still tweeting about Wonderlick scores, and I thought that was not part of the evaluation. I saw anymore. one person say that they brought it back. Why? But that was one person, and I don't remember. I think it was maybe Matt Lombardo, so I don't want to okay. say that it is oh, back. Matt Lombardo, not Michael Lombardi. No. Okay. No. Different person. Okay. Any um, relation? Well, they're not <laughs the same so. last name at all. So, well, you know, maybe he Lombardo. maybe he heard about you know he's the reputation. He's the like, I'm changing, I'm changing. The <laughs> name. He's like, there's already a Lombardi in football circles. I need to be Lombardo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if there was already a famous guy who did draft coverage or had a Heisman vote whose last name was Schwart. Nick should have to consider you know changing his last name from Schwart so he wasn't the you know so there weren't mm. two guys with that Gosh, name voting for the Heisman. It would seem weird. That's right. What's the was your name? Nick, your genealogy was short what it was originally, or was it like yeah. change at Ellis? I didn't like, no, they didn't was, like change a letter or something. Sometimes that happens. No, I know. Yeah, it yeah. happens all the time. Um, no, no the, uh, go, dating back to the 1700s, it's been spelled this way, the right way. I think you should pronounce it the more traditional German Actually, way. Actually, it's not the right way because when I went to Germany in December, Schwert is literally German for the word sword, and it's not spelled with the D in German, so... So somebody, somebody, spelled somebody, wrong. Chucked, somebody just somebody chucked, chucked a D in, in there. D in there. Silent D. Just to make it harder for you to have to spell out to people. Mm-hmm. Close enough, though. Nick Sword. That's how. No. <laughs> just call him Sword? Yeah. You he don't want to go by he that? Won't, he won't hate that the rest of the day at all if we do that. Call him Nick Sword? What was the... Oh, man. What was the really bad mispronunciation that happened on the morning show? Sherbert. Oh, Nick Sherbert. I got rid of that one for a little while. I forgot that that even existed. Oh, it definitely did. Nick hated it as well. Our boy Billy Coons. Did not get your name right. He doesn't get a lot of words right. Wow. That's not nice. They literally were just talking about it on the dry, or on uh, Fesco like 15 minutes ago. Really? How that was great that the enemy's going to Washington because he never was able to figure out his name. Nick Sherbert. Sh- yeah, nice try. <laughs> nice effort there, pal. Uh, perfect start to the show. Uh, tomorrow, did you guys know, is actually the final weekend of regular season college basketball. It's kind of one of those things that when you, when you were talking about Super Bowl champions, it sneaks up on you, and we're actually already the final weekend. And Super all three, quick. And all three local schools, of course, are going to end up in the NCAA tournament. Really, it's just a question of how much better their seating can get with wins tomorrow in their conference finales. And then, of course, Big 12 tournament in Kansas City next week, SEC tournament next week. Uh, as well, and all three coaches were some of the best coaches coaches this entire season in all of college basketball in terms of what they did, expectations, and performance. You can make right? an argument all three deserve to be in the top ten finalists and two, for and, and two coach of, of the year. And two of them, you can make a case that either should be the national coach of the year. I'm talking about Bill Self and Jerome Tang. You're going to make your argument for Bill Self instead of Tang? I've told you. In fairness, I'm not going to go back on what I said mid-January, which I said then that Jerome Tang should be the national coach of the year. So I'm not going to change that. But Bill Self has a strong, strong, strong argument. Best conference in college basketball. And they won the conference outright with a game to go. And they have a chance to be the number one overall seed. They won a title last year. They lost plenty of pieces, 70% of the roster, I believe, from last year's national championship team. Okay, but they're Kansas. So, I mean, all the things you described are things Kansas does all the time. By your logic, though, that means... They they always win the Big 12. They're consistently one of the number one seeds in the NCAA tournament. Replacing players, that's like the easiest thing to do at Kansas ever. 
You know what you do? You just say, hey, how many McDonald's All-Americans can we just stack up on the roster together this year? Like six? Cool, sounds good. Everyone everyone shoots yeah, like you, 80% you, you from three like, and is like 6'9". Perfect. You, We're all better again. None of those you, things you, are true. You act like... Just Bill, made up a bunch you, of stuff. You, you act like <laughs> Bill Self just sat on his ass all offseason. Tang's just, effort and, was and, way and more just, impressive. And just rolled the ball out and then they magically just won 30 games Tang's effort was way more impressive. He also had to replace uh, his uh, leading scorer. Oh, did he, he win the Big 12? No, but oh, okay, he... Okay, okay, okay then. That now, doesn't okay, though. matter. Okay, though. He was, he was Look, set way further back. He's a coach at K-State. It's way harder to bring your program to a winning, this level of winning. Bill Self has a very strong case. I just told you, though, I'm not disagreeing with you on Jerome Tang. I, I think Jerome Tang will end up being the national coach of the year. You're a fanboy. I think that's Cody's all of a sudden shifted to K state fan. Uh, <laughs> no, I think drum tank should be the national coach of the year, but it, but if you're going to push back and say that there's not a strong, strong argument and that it, let's say Bill, if Bill self were to win it, they would not be some atrocity and like, Oh my gosh, how on earth did he win? No, he has a very strong case to do it. Uh, I think Jerome Tang uh, will end up being the national coach of the year. Shaka smart. Who's not involved locally, but Shaka smart Marquette's got a case as well. I think all those guys will end up winning as there's four or five different types of coach of the year awards. There's some that are considered the one and there's from different organizations. We could just put out our own, the Cody and gold coach of the year. I don't know. It sounds like we have an I'm issue. I'm voting for voting. Jerome Tang. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll get going. We don't have an issue at all. Boom. Solved. Jerome Tang, the Cody and gold coach of the year. Nick, you're not, not going to be unanimous. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> wow. You're going with Dennis Gates. Shaka. Oh, Shaka. Shaka smart. And Dennis Gates had a great year, but with that said, like who between Tang and, and Gates, Who's more likely to stay two years, be there two years from now? My answer is supposed years. to be Tang, isn't I, it? Because he's had the quicker, more heightened success well, at I, this I stage. Just, I think Dennis Gates would be more likely to leave than Jerome Tang at this point. Why is it that you think, like, it's? I could yeah. think either guy could leave in a couple of years because if yeah. they continue to win at this level at K-State in Missouri, they're going to be what have been historically yeah. more powerful programs, especially because, like, to me, Tang star is going to rise really quick or right, Gates star is going to rise really quick if either of these guys yeah. make a... Even semi-tournament run. The reason why I think it's more likely Dennis Gates would leave if he keeps up this success. I'm not saying he's leaving after this season, no. But I'm just if yeah. he keeps up the success is because look at the conference that they're in. And where, where where would you say Missouri? No matter Missouri could have great success, they're never going to be one of the top two or three programs consistently in the SEC. Like when you have Kentucky, when you have now Alabama, even though they got a bunch of stuff going on, Alabama clearly with Nate Oates is is going to looks like going to be they're going to be consistently Tennessee good. with you know. So you're you're, you're going to Florida. We'll see if they can get back up to where they were. But you're going to struggle to, to be one of those words. I would argue now with K-State, we'll see when Houston now joins the conference next year, and Houston's the number one team of the country. But K-State, they're right now, is it, they're program-wise, job-wise, I should say, not even not even how good they can be long-term. Job-wise, K-State probably is this, the third best job in the Big 12 right this second. So the, Once the, Texas and Oklahoma are out of the picture. To me, the most interesting thing, and look, yeah, Houston, and obviously. And Tang is older. But every, right? every bat, yes, Tang is older, but every basketball job in the Big 12 is good. Like they're all good jobs, but I'm just like, telling you, know, you that K State's like it's it's right up there. It's it's probably the third best job in the Big Twelve once Texas and Oklahoma are gone. It's probably comparable. I mean, you could make Baylor won a national title not that long ago, right? So I mean, don't you have to why make an argument? K, that, why couldn't K State be Baylor? No, it's I'm Waco, just Waco, Texas. No, I'm not saying they can't be that. I'm just saying like if we're factoring in who's the better program today, I probably that's, take. Yeah, that's not even what I'm arguing. Sure. Yeah. the The argument for why Tang would stay to me is he's a little bit older and. If you're going to coach basketball, coaching it in the Big 12 is the easiest decision on earth from a talk about. I feel like that's got to be right now to me. The Big 12 is proven. It is the easiest conference to build yourself up in 
Like, as a coach and as a program, Baylor was nothing. Now they're a national title contending conference. Texas Tech has been to Final Fours. They were not a good basketball conference for a number, you know, a big, good basketball school. Like, pretty much every team in the Big 12 has built themselves into an Elite Eight finalist in the last decade, right? Even West Virginia had their run. Everyone in the Big 12s had had a case for a national caliber Conference, you know, a national caliber yeah. college basketball program. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I would, I would probably, I would just phrase it differently. I guess I wouldn't say like it's, e- it's like it's easy to just become good in the Big Twelve. No, I think what happens is the Big Twelve is the best college basketball conference in the country. It I just think been, it's like you and, can recruit talent and you can flip yourself you, around. And they've had a really good crop of coaches in the conference. And because you go through the best conference and conference play, that by the time you get to the NCAA tournament, like you are, it's the, you're battle tested. Uh, and I actually think it's true when it comes to the Big Twelve, like you. That's why these these teams are going That's, so deep. Nick, I think you pointed out how many teams have been in the Final Four out of the Big 12 in the last five years even. It's like they're pretty much all national. They have a national title contender every single year. They have every year since 2018. The last two national champions have come from the Big 12. Yeah, and three of the last four. Well, in 2020, the year it was canceled. KU was the number one team right. going into the tournament. Uh, 2019, Texas Tech went to the Final. national championship Lost game. Virginia. Yeah. 2018, KU went to the Final Four. Every year, every, and that's what K-State's, that's the advantage. Like K-State has proven to be a school that you can build a good enough basketball program that there's not a lot of excuses to leave. I've never seen anyone stick around Missouri. Like I know that sounds sick, but I've never seen anybody be in Missouri, have, and now look, they've had a number of coaches before they've had, since they've had a guy who's had success, but every single coach who eventually has success at Missouri leaves. Like I know that that's not fair to put on them, but if like put it from a football or basketball perspective. They eventually leave. It's not a fair thing to put on the entire program, but that has consistently happened there. That's where I don't think you're crazy to say that Dennis Gates is there. It just feels like Jerome Tang, over the next couple of years, he's going to have to beat off a couple of teams with a stick, right? He's going to have to say, go away. Well, he, he doesn't have to. Leave me alone. He, he didn't have to. No, I know. His agent, this is a great spot for Jerome Tang and his agent. If you're Gene Taylor, the athletic director at K-State, that, that you got to worry about that. Jerome Tang, he's got nothing to worry hey, about. guys, whatever happened to just living in the moment? Why do we have to get I'm wrapped up? I'm just enjoying up in, the yeah, why, all why do we three? have to get wrapped up in it what's nice. going to happen two years from now, five years well, from I, now? I mean, the Jerome Tang thing is a conversation that's going to have to come up in about three weeks. Yeah, but what about right now? I think one and done night should make a bet right, amongst the three of you. Who gets to go right deeper? right now, guys? This team is prepping for an NCAA tournament run. Yes, Nick. Let's, let's, let's not talk about anything. K-State's about got a chance future. to be a number two seed. Okay. I mean, they're going let's to not. be way up there. K-State's expectation should be Elite Eight, right? As a two seed, your expectation should be Elite Eight. If you eight. can beat anybody in the Big 12, then and if you're a two seed, you have Final Four hopes. Yes. We can get into expectations, but you are going into the tournament thinking you have as good a shot as anybody with those two guards to make a Final Four run. Getting get knocked hot, out before win the, four games, go to the Final Four. That is the goal. Getting knocked out before the Sweet 16 would be a massive disappointment for K-State. They have to think yeah. at least Elite Eight based on the current, as you pointed out, construction of their team. I just think at Look, least Missouri's going to be a 7-8 seed, whatever. Weekend. Like, okay, win a game, win two games. Like, if you make the Sweet 16, a good job. Like, I mean, it's a little bit different for them right now. But their program was at a lower level than when Jerome Tate took over. Sure, I mean, the second weekend it, it has to be the, the the minimum expectation. This goes back to like the whole you know disappointed versus failure kind of conversation. Sure. And losing in the Sweet Sixteen is not a failure for K State this year. It's a, a disappointment because you've you've gotten your your hopes up 
based off of what Jerome Tang's been able to do. But it's not a failure if he loses. In but the it's a failure if they lose in the round of 64, the round of 32. I, I agree with that. But it may, K-State fans still have to be feeling great about where they're Why are you already trying to call him a failure, Cody? I wasn't. I was yeah. just talking about what their expectations Expectations are a good thing, by the way. Every time we talk about you're it, it's like, like it's a bad him. thing. You're if already I'm warning them, though. Like, if you don't do this, Okay, then well, if Kansas doesn't make the final four, they're disappointed. You want me to just shock put it on jock. everybody? You know. <laughs> you are a shock jock. Just re- preemptively canceling them. I don't know how you're putting this on me. You're putting all these metrics up that they ha- They better do this. Nick Sherbert. Sh- Calm down, man. Thank you. I, I agree. He should calm no, down. You, you, Gold. You, I agree, you, Gold. We are on the same page. <laughs> Cody needs to calm down. I didn't Sherbert. do anything. Let's not get yelling at each other in the first 30 minutes of the show. Oh, yes. You want to wait. You want to wait. I'd like to save it for Yeah, that's better afternoon later. chatter. Okay. So just sorry for those of you listening in the 10 o'clock hour. Sorry. We have to save that for I'm later. Gonna try to, to, I'm going to try to. We're going to try to keep ourselves at peace until. Okay. Then. Although I did pretty much say that. You know, Bill Self can just show up and win the Big 12, which mm-hmm. actually is pretty accurate, seeing how many times he's he won. He just it. makes it seem, he makes it you know, look like yeah, that. Yeah, it's but like that's not, you know, devoid made... of any context. You can have any conversation you want. <laughs> Our afternoon host already did that bit earlier this week. Do you do not to, deny I... that it is easier to replace talent at Kansas than pretty oh, much every other huh. university? Let me think here. Hmm. <laughs> do you think Google has an easier time <laughs> hiring people than the... Uh, the hardware store down the street, probably so. Yeah. Name brand recognition, salaries, benefits, all of those things. They got yeah. a cool dorm. Yeah. Anytime, anytime anybody brings up the idea, like where it's just like, hey, it's just it's just Kansas. It just runs itself. I'll, I'll point to you what Indiana's been the last twenty years compared to what they used to be, and it, it doesn't. And we can see how bad it can actually be. And they were considered blue blood. And also, when you are blue blood, you get held to blue blood standards, which is win titles, win make titles, final fours, make final fours, hang banners. Like case, you just said it about K State. You're right. If they go to the Elite Eight, it'll be disappointing if they lose that Elite Eight game. You get your eyes on the Final Four, but when the dust settles, and you realize what you accomplished that year, you're gonna be really proud of that accomplishment. Especially in the first year in Jerome Tang, you're gonna feel and, great. And I get it. Like KU fans make fun of K State fans for hanging Elite Eight banners. Listen, they're two different programs. Same thing can be said about football, but right. KU's not hanging a banner for going to the Elite Eight. It's not going to be a year that will be remembered in Kansas basketball we actually history actively, for going to the Elite Eight. We actively criticized Bill Self for being in too many Elite Eights that didn't turn into Final Fours. Right. So the expectations are a little bit different. You get held to different standards. Totally yeah. reasonable. We'll revisit this a little bit later on the show, especially with uh, Missouri perspective when Aaron Ladd joins us in the 1 o'clock hour for Club 610. Real quick, thinking, you mentioned the afternoon show. I already saw, and I appreciate our loyal listeners who are always quick to tell us what's going on with other shows on this station as well. We can't possibly listen at all hours, so no, we we're rely busy. on our listeners. 913-586-7610. This one from the 660. The drive was trying to steal the world's a fun idea you guys were talking about. What? Unbelievable. We have, are you serious? We have mentioned that we are already in works with worlds of fun on possibly doing our show. What are you? Sorry, shut up. My drink. Nice talk to Pepper. Thinking of, thinking of Waco, Texas. Uh, but so the worlds of fun is going to have, of course, Zambezi. Uh, the Zambezi Zinger open. Zinger reopen. And we want to be there day one. And we've been working on that. And it turns out, according to the text line, that that's an idea the afternoon show is trying to steal as well. Oh, just came up on it, huh? Wait, we didn't th- talk about th- it two months ago. That's the exact idea they're trying know. to steal? The text, says, the text line says it's the idea. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't listen. I don't know. It appears, based on now scrolling through yesterday's hey. tech line, text line, that is exactly what they're trying to do. 
they would like to be out there for the first ride of the Zambezi Zinger. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Has or? that show had an original thought <laughs> ever? <laughs> that was our idea. We talked about it two months ago. We put it into action even further this week. Just we have saying, direct lines of communication with the Nick, fine people at Worlds of Fun. I think after Nick snitched on the, the, the afternoon show yesterday. Now they're just going after all of it? Mm-hmm. Are they also having a the drive garage sale? That also coming up? I don't think they're doing that. They should do a wiffle ball game. <laughs> Unbelievable. Man. C-Dot, oh, remember, you guys, we're getting hey. more details, by the way, on what was discussed yesterday. It says C-Dot said he has a connection, is going to give away tickets to the first ride. Hey, hey, by the way, um, I know you, if you guys are listening, Rob and Carrington, if you're listening, <laughs> it's just a message from your friend Nick. If you guys need ideas, just come ask. Just come pull us aside in the office and say, hey, we don't know what to talk about today. We've run out of original thoughts. What do you guys have for us? And we're happy to help. But don't steal. Come on. You're better than that. We could have even done something collaborative. What if both shows were out there at Worlds of Fun? We could have worked together on this. It didn't have to turn into a competition of who's closer to the Zambezi yeah. Zinger ride come on. when it opens. And you don't want to get into a competition of good ideas because, let's be honest, we're running a monopoly here from 10 to 2. Coming up next, Salvador Perez did something yesterday. Got us thinking about what actually is the right path for his future in Kansas City. And we'll get to that here on Cody and Gold. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Music make you lose control. Back here on Cody and Gold, just getting started on a Friday. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. We'll get to Nick's notable notes here in about 15 minutes or so. And also, uh, eight minutes away from whether or not 
a particular type of player is actually needed for this Chiefs offense anymore. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. But yesterday, spring training baseball, Salvador Perez hit his first home run of spring and stole the base. So that combination in general, just that, that, that doesn't happen. Pretty uncomfortable well, for a catcher. And Salvador, Perez, and Salvador Perez, Perez very few stolen bases in his life. Usually don't don't have that. So that happened. Uh, and we know a lot of the Royals players now are starting to make their way for the World Baseball Classic. We just saw, I think, on oh, it was on Instagram, Vinny and Nikki Lopez. They were flying to Italy yesterday or last night, and now they're over in Taiwan getting set for the World Baseball Classic. We know MJ Melendez is playing for Puerto Rico, obviously. So there, there's going to be a lot of guys missing. Vinny's very excited. He time-traveled. He said it's Saturday oh, yeah, now. He lo- yeah, he... He lost a whole day, and he'll, but he'll get he'll get it. They're gonna give it to you. Back. They're gonna get it back to you, Vinny. No, he gets to time travel twice. Yeah, I, I promise you'll you'll, you'll unless get it he back. stays there forever. Uh, so he'll get it back. Just lose a day forever, man. Tough. A you think Vinny day. just decides? I like Taiwan. Forget my dreams of playing professional major league baseball. I'm just gonna start a wine bar here and just live a there forever. Wine bar in Taiwan? That didn't matter. Okay. Just needed some sort of business idea. Uh, but back to Salvi though, because we we were thinking also about where he's at in his career. He turns 33 in early May, 33 years old. You mentioned Minjay Melendez, who, of course, can play catcher. That is his position. They That's just his primary they position. put an outfield last year. It was adventurous at times, to say the least. He talked with us, you know, when we had him on, that the more of a focus this offseason, of course, was outfield, defense, and getting a better read of the ball and things like that. And so the plan is he's going to play left field. But should that be the plan, like, all season? Like, should, sh- how, how many games should MJ Melendez actually be catching? Because you said it, his primary position is catcher. So, therefore, his more, most valuable asset in addition to his bat is playing catcher, not playing left field. Now, right now, I get why they've been doing it, because they still want Salvador Perez's bat in the lineup. Uh, they still value him in that way. He's a guy that's got a chance to go and be a Hall of Famer at some point uh, if he continues on a path. But is that actually the best for your long-term outlook for the Royals organization? Where we know 2023, this year, is not going to be the year where they're going to go and win the AL Central and go on a playoff rush. It's not, that's not what this is. Uh, but a year or two from now, you need to know, is MJ Melendez your catcher of the future? Can he, can he catch and, you know, 140 games for you, 150 games for you? Or is that not something he's capable of doing? I think it's fairly obvious he's capable of doing it because most people applaud his ability as a defensive catcher. He's probably not going to be as good at throwing down runners as Salvador Perez, but few are. But he rates better as a pitch framer, which might matter less if the electronic strike zone comes around. But he's rated better in that regards, even though one of the new pitching coaches they brought in is reportedly very good at that, a pitch framing and all the stuff that they're going to try to work on Salvador Perez with it. But here's the simple reality is the same thing that applied to Salvador Perez. And the conversation I used to have to tell people all the time when they were talking about, ah, he'll get old and we'll just put him at first base or DH. Salvador Perez's value diminishes significantly when you move him off of catcher and into DH. Now, if all of a sudden he's going to be a 48 home run guy, he's going to be a consistent 30 home run guy. We're having a very different conversation. And that's where I land with MJ Melendez. Finished with 18 home runs last year. He hit 220. If you finish with 18 home runs and you hit 220 as a catcher, you're going to play 15 years. Congratulations. You're going to be in the big leagues for a really really, really long time with those exact statistics. But if you aren't, if you're going to play left field and hit 220 and have 18 home runs, that ain't going to work in the long run. And you are going to have to take a significant stride forward. The the simple solution to this is MJ Melendez needs to catch more. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because that's where his definitive value is. And that leads us to the uncomfortable conversation of 
then what? If I'm telling you right. MJ Melendez needs to catch more, does that mean I think Salvador Perez should play DH more? Sure. And then he should play first base more? Okay. But more realistically, it's probably leading to the uncomfortable conversation of should you trade Salvador Perez? Yeah, and that's, you know, if you're J.J. Piccolo, you just became the general manager. I don't think your first move is to trade away the, the fan favorite, uh, Salvador Perez. One of the most popular players uh, so in that, franchise history? So that's not, like, I don't think that's happening, uh, nor has it. Uh, to this point, anyway, um, I, I don't believe that that is the path that they will choose to take. MJ Melendez was um, a league average hitter. At catcher, that's tremendous value. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're not going to, they're clearly not going to just do a split uh, or anything, but that, I mean, MJ Melendez should catch 100 games. Salvador Perez, go DH the other games. You are correct. That's not going to happen. I know that, but that's. That, but you got no it, chance of that. Can we get to 80 80? Salvador Perez caught 114 games last year, or played 114 games last year. Can we can we get it to 80-80? Remember, he was hurt, so that was part of what drove those numbers down, and he's caught plenty. Just take a little bit of time off of it. What is the harm? Like, I don't, I don't understand what the risk would be in saying that, because then it's the same thing, right? You get Vinny Moore as a first baseman, which I think also is valuable, and look, for the days that you want Vinny, Salvi, and MJ in there, yeah, sure, MJ is going to go play left field, right? For the days you want all three in, that's just the way it's going to work unless it's the day where Vinny plays first, Salvi does this, and Prado's not in the lineup. And there's plenty of opportunities yeah, to do Prado's that. If Prado's with the big league if Prado's club, even with the big way, league team, we don't even know if he's making the club out of camp. And by the way, if Prado's not with the big league team, then Vinny should play first base every damn day. 162 of them. Like, I get it, maybe 145 yeah, But MJ Melinda, I mean, depending on where his bat's at, you, you can have, you know, you, you have him catch Salvi's DHing on those days, and then you flip it. Honestly, there could be some days where MJ Melendez is even a DH, depending on where his bat's sure. at. Sure. Salvador Perez caught 76 games last year, and he DH'd 40. Okay, so a two-to-one split. That's what we're looking at? Okay, get it to 50-50. Like, I, I think I would be with you. I would be more like make it two-thirds the other way towards MJ right. Melendez. But you also are trying to, because there's a mix here. MJ Melendez, Amir Garrett was actually on the morning show. Um, he talked about it. It's not super important to play it at the moment, but it's just like he said that he thought that MJ Melendez, the way he was watching him this year, is that he's like, I know he had 18 home runs last year. He might be a 30 home run guy. If he's a Ooh. 30 home run guy, we are having a completely different conversation, in which case, save MJ Melendez's legs and let him slug 30 homers. <laughs> We're having a totally different conversation. Although, again, the argument's still the same. If MJ were catching and hit 30 home runs and played 100 games at catcher. He's the most valuable catcher in Major League Baseball. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be the starting catcher in the All-Star game the rest of his career, you know, for, for those 10 yeah. years. That's, that's the path that you would be heading on uh, if that actually happens. I'd want to find out MJ's a catcher. I think it's going to be interesting to see as the season progresses if, if they're willing to do it more or not. Because if you are trying to find out, as we discussed yesterday, young core players, who do you think you, you can totally rely on for the 24, 25, 26, and beyond seasons? Well... To me, aren't don't you want to get the answer to that question that you just posed as well about MJ Melendez as a catcher? And, and yeah, I th do. That's uh, those are tough conversations because of who Salvador Perez is to this organization and and all the success and, and the, potentially a Hall of Famer. Uh, talking about what this, he needs to do still for another five plus years, probably in order to, to be there. But this overriding point is what I think has made it. Like behind closed doors, I think this is what's made it hard for the Royals versus the things I say. Like be the Rays. Go be the Rays. Well, here's the thing. The Rays don't have any fans. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares when you trade somebody away. Nobody cares that, like, oh, Chris Archer pitched well for us or we'll miss Evan Longoria. Nobody cares. 
They don't care when you trade away the guy who you drafted fifth overall and won a world. They don't care. And so when you trade him away, there is no backlash. Everybody in Kansas City wants the Royals to win. They do. There's no doubt about it. That's obviously something they want. But if I said, hey, the Royals can either be five games better or they trade Salvador Perez and they're five games worse, because Kansas City is passionate about the Royals and care about the players who are here, it's a lot harder. Although I would argue that this is the easiest time ever to do it. If you're going to make splashes and trade away popular players, the most popular player in Kansas City, uh, he plays for the other team. (laughs) So you don't have to worry about that. And if Bobby Wood Jr. takes a leap, he will become the most popular player on your team very quickly. Or Vinny, who's incredibly like, right? They'll find, new, eventually you have to find new players for people to like anyway. Like, I know that sounds crap. Like, it sounds harsh. I don't want Salvi to go anywhere. But like, at some point, because of your catcher situation, you have to make a decision. It's also one of the deepest positions for them in the minor leagues. So they have depth behind Salvador Perez and MJ. I mean, Melendez. I guess the one part of this conversation we didn't even discuss is the other side of it, whereas the tra- the value that MJ Melendez might have with other tremendous organiza- value. other organizations. We have tremendous value. Um, that that's something that may or may not be part of the the conversation as this, depending on what he does here in twenty twenty three as well, because someone else might play him at catcher, and then you could get an actual left fielder who hits thirty home. You know, like it's always the same thing. The power thing is really the determination for me. If he's an eighteen home run hitter who's a below average left fielder. Playing there all year doesn't make sense. If he's an 18 home run hitter who is a above average defender, all the sense in the world. We'll get to Nick's notable notes here in about six minutes or so. But our friends over at Arrowhead Pride, they're going through the, the off off season and everybody has their their view of how the organization should approach it. Uh, and they mentioned for the Chiefs that they need to find a game breaking player. And it goes through and talks about some of the top names uh, in the free agent market are guys that already were in this organization, <laughs> meaning like McCall Harmon spot tracks, projecting him to get $40 million. Okay. Yeah. No interest in that. Uh, that's, that's insane. Good for McCall Harmon, but insane uh, based off of, of that dollar amount. Juju Smith Schuster, we know. And then there's other names that are out there at the running back spot, the David Montgomery's, the Barkley's, the Josh Jacobs of the, of the, of the world. Skill players early in the draft is something that I think every offseason fans want. You know, they want you to go get the skill player. Always. Always. This year, because of how well the roster is positioned, because of the 20 of 22 draft picks they've hit on over the last couple of years, this goes back to positional priority. You you can prioritize really whatever you want as, as the organization. There is not a clear have to go get an edge rusher, have to go get a corner. So you can, maybe this is the year where you're, you go more with the fun, uh, what fans proceed as the fun, sexy picks, right? The skilled position players, as far as a game breaking player, when we've been doing our mock draft sounders, you know, there's been a couple wide receivers that certainly fit in that category. Jordan Addison, uh, the Hyatt kid out of, uh, out of Tennessee. I think that, I think it is the year to go back to it because I think in the long run, as you've probably pointed out in the Deandre Hopkins conversation, they are way more likely to go the get open guy than the jump ball, go get it guy. And if that's the case for the chiefs, then the game breaker is the kind of one they're supposed to go after. I mean, the the reality is they're going to need that guy eventually again. Like if you go back through the chiefs entire history is Juju Smith-Schuster the second best wide receiver Patrick Mahomes has had. 
It's the other argument. Sammy Watkins? Sammy would be the only other name, and he couldn't stay healthy, but he had some big-time moments for this team, obviously. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's a pretty small list. Because and this For is, a guy who's managed to win two Super Bowls, that's a pretty small list. I think I, I, I want to start that phase of, it's because let's of have another game-breaker. It's because of oh, Kelsey, yeah. too. That's, well, I called him a wide receiver yeah, for years and stand by so that argument, but that, yes. So that's the only part where it's like, he, it makes it sound like, oh, my gosh, he had never had anything to work with. You're like, all of a sudden, you're like, wait a second. Oh, he had the single greatest tight end in NFL history? Hold on. Let's leave that out for a minute. Let's let's make the narrative whatever we want. Uh, Patrick Mahomes can, has had almost no talent at wide receiver. Because that's... Well, he had Tyree Kill, who was one of the league's best wide receivers. But outside of that, the next best wide receiver he's played with is Juju Smith-Schuster. And Sammy Watkins is probably third. And somehow I'm going to get to Demarcus Robinson at like sixth or seventh on this list before I mention anyone else. And so... It's to me, I just like their offense better in the long run with the guy who has the ability to stretch the field. And I know that there's some of that with Tony, and I know that there's some potential with Sky. that with Sky. There's potential with that with Sky Moore, although we've yet to see it. We have not seen game breaking play out of Sky Moore yet. Hell, we saw more out of that of McCole Hardman his rookie year, who's also not sure. likely to be here. So it's like, it feels like that's the one missing element remaining in their offense. And while you do still have Travis Kelsey, who can be the innings eater of the offense, right? Who can just go out there and take whatever portion of the offense you need him to take. Having the guy who can spread this entire thing out, who can bring you back into the offense I think you're probably most comfortable with, that feels like the move. Because the the defense are going to shift, shift back. Now that you've beaten the cover two thing, they're going to shift back to something anyway. You might as well have the guy who can just get open. Just a few pure speed. I know that Jalen Hyatt's one of the names that people no mention as a result of that. That's, that name's going to keep as as, uh, as Bink will have in his mock drafts, which I think he'll have his first mock out next week. I'm sure Jalen Hyatt's Nick's, Nick is guaranteed Jalen Hyatt will be in Bink's mock draft. Nick, are you going to do, since you're doing a Character Concerns Draft podcast, will you also be doing a mock draft? No, I don't want to step on Bink's toes. Oh, you're not doing it. Okay. I mean, that's Bink's thing. The second I start to wade into those waters, isn't it seen I mean, as everybody like a, does a mock draft, so if you did want it, I wouldn't want to be start stepping like, on anybody's toes. Well, I just don't want to, you know, infringe upon mm. Bink's territory. Yesterday, you correctly pointed out to me that not only did someone do a mock draft, they did an article grading their own mock draft. Yeah, it's out of Which control. is really jumping the shark moment for mock drafts. I mean, it's a great year for mock drafts. The team at number one is likely not going to stay there. There's four quarterbacks probably going in the first round. And the drafts in Kansas City. So and how many now. different people want to trade into that number one spot, right? That number could be a lot higher than we, we realize right I'm now. pretty sure quarterbacks are going one, two, three. Like when it all shakes out through, dra- through trade stuff, I'm pretty sure it's going to end up going one, two, three quarterbacks. And that the fourth one will be somewhere in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, I, that's going to come. Likely, to, yeah, yeah. It'll, it, I'll be interested to see how the perception of some of these quarterbacks not named Bryce Young change over the next week. I mean, it seems like right now the perception of Anthony, Anthony Richardson's through the roof. There are reports of the Colts like him at number one. Now it is smokescreen. The Colts season. don't even have the number one pick. No, but they, they've also made it. They have to make a move. Chris Ballard cannot just sit on his hands and not draft a quarterback. Yeah, but the again. Texans would be interested in moving up to number one, right? Like there's a lot of teams that would love to have that number one spot, especially if you're in love with a, a specific quarterback. Gotta write something down. Nick's notable notes. But we're not here to talk about quarterbacks today, guys. Okay. Or at Chiefs least have right a pretty now. good one. We can cha- we can maybe do that later. <laughs> Would the Chiefs draft Will Levis to be the backup to Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> just quarterback um, and waiting. I'm going to go ahead and say that they will not do that. They're not going to move up into the no, top three. I, don't, I just don't see it this year. No. get their guy. Yeah. That yeah. would be a shocking moment. Well, they the might. Draft. They might, guys. They <laughs> might move up to get 
a pass rusher. Yeah. Yesterday, we, I know we talked about this, the pass rushers were on display, and the guy who probably made himself a lot of money yesterday, you mentioned him, Gold, Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia, ran, uh, well, unofficially, it was a 4-4-4, which was really impressive <laughs> for an edge rusher. <laughs> and then, once they got the official time, turns out that they were cheaping my guy. He was at 4 Three nine, which just to give you guys some perspective, that is the same forty time that Chris Olave, wide receiver, <laughs> ran last season. Does he weigh two hundred and eighty pounds? And Nolan Smith is lighter than some of the other guys. Yeah. It's still it's still ridiculous. Like Nolan Smith is not two eighty; he's like two forty or two fifty, but it's still ridiculous. Yeah, he is officially. I think he, at Georgia he was listed at six three two thirty five. Okay, I don't know what he weighed in at yesterday, but uh, Sky Moore ran a four. Four one, so maybe that's the chief new deep man. I'll tell you what, Nolan Smith, line him up. The word sub can make you millions of dollars because the second that you get to say I ran a sub four four, even if it's four three nine, the second you can say I ran a sub four four at the edge spot, all of a sudden teams start to salivate. It shouldn't matter that much, but the difference between a four four one and a four three nine is probably millions of dollars. What's interesting here is the NFL research put this out right afterwards, and they said that since 2003, they listed the top six fastest 40-yard dash times from defensive linemen. And four of the top six fastest times have all come since 2019, which is pretty shocking. I mean, athletic training and athleticism in general, like it's just – it's better. It's just ridiculous. The the, the talent uh, and just the ability to, at a younger age, basically start their their training and their progression is also what's leading to well, this. Well, two, yeah, two of the four times were this year because it wasn't yeah. just Nolan Smith. It was also Byron Young out of Tennessee who ran a four four three. The fastest time ever was a guy last year. I didn't even never even heard of him. Amare Barno out of Virginia Tech ran a four three six in two thousand twenty two. So maybe if you can't get Nolan Smith, maybe go after Amare. <laughs> Barno. Uh, by the way, these speedy edge rushers, do you think if the Chiefs do go that route? Last year, we saw them because sometimes we lump edge rushers, pass rushers all into the same grouping. Last year, they went after George Karloftis. He's not a guy out there running a, a sub 4-4, right? No. He is a big, strong pass rusher. He's country strong. He's got that vibe to him. Right. <laughs> Nolan Smith's not quite that, right? He's more of a Frank Clark speed rusher as opposed to having that brute power strength. If the Chiefs do go edge rusher again, do you expect them to go after a Frank Clark speed rusher replacement, or do you expect them to kind of stick with the script? I mean, it would it would fit that if Frank's not back, but I actually think I, on it, whatever they truly just think is the, the, the best player for them to find a guy that can be a, a pass rusher long-term in Kansas City. Like I, I don't think it's clear. Like, no, this year, because we didn't draft this type this last year, we have to go speed rusher this year. I just think, like, if, if there's an edge rusher and he's not a speed rusher, but you think he is truly the best guy to get after the quarterback, then go do that. I don't, I don't think you have to sit there and say, because we only drafted a certain type last year, it has to be the opposite type this year. I don't think that, yeah, they're going to be forced into that decision, but I don't know. That's kind of what I want. Like, it seems like having the mix of type of talent, you've got the – You've got two brute guys. Chris Jones will destroy worlds. Uh, that's George Karloftis' model as well. Even guys that they might bring back like Colin Saunders or Michael Dana, 
they also fit that brute role. The guy they're missing from the, hey, let's have one more skill set variety is speed rusher. Well, yeah, because if you go to the top end of those spectrums of what is the best player of that <laughs> skill set look like? The speed rusher for the longest time, it's been Von Miller, right? He's yeah. not the biggest pass rusher. Whereas, I don't know, right now, I guess you could say Miles Garrett or TJ Watt, they are the sort of five-tool player, so to speak. There's reports that the Chargers might cut uh, Khalil Mack. You could just do that he route. He was one of those so draft. Old. Not that. Man, ageism. you know, the ageism from you this week has been ridiculous. <laughs> it's been so strong. Anybody over the age of 30 is now a grandfather. Hey, hey, Khalil Mack's my age. He was born the same year as me. Okay. And I don't, I don't, I don't play football, though. But okay, but what's the comparison? What, Go from the, the prime one, of yeah, his life, Cleo Max. By the way, you're the one. Loser. You're the one who made the comparison between you and Cleo Max. <laughs> I know. My point is that at 32 in football, that's old. 32 in normal life is not old. But at yeah, eight sacks football, last year. I, I, we really want you. Really want Cleo Mack in Kansas City next year? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, okay, but you, all, you did this with DeAndre Hopkins as well. Anybody over the age of 30 no, is old. DeAndre Hopkins is way more complicated. DeAndre Hopkins' issue is he he's over the age. He's coming off an injury. He's coming off a PED suspension, and. He wants a new contract. That's my problem with DeAndre Hopkins coming to Kansas okay, City. Okay, and then what's your problem with this other old geezer? Khalil Mack is just that and a, a pass rusher at the age of 32, not somebody I really want to just go sign in free agency to be a full-on replacement. If you want to say he's going to be a spot guy like Carlos Dunlap, of course, but that's not who Khalil Mack is at this stage in his career in his mind probably, so I'm good. Well, okay, well, you got to get somebody. You can't just say no to no, everyone because they're all too just, old. We literally today, 52 minutes ago, led the show with the draft is where ago. they the draft, <laughs> the draft is, the, is the best place to do. <laughs> the draft is the only area where they can Im- really improve their their pass rush. And, and now right. you're telling me that I, I'm gonna actually I am gonna stage an intervention with both of you guys right now, but okay. more so with you, Gold. Okay, all but right, Cody, you get you can, me. you can catch some of this as well. Oh, I'd, I'd like not. Here to. we go. I feel like you guys are being elitists. What about what? About uh, free agent acquisitions. If it's not the perfect player in the perfect situation, you're not interested. I told you, go back right after the Super Bowl. I said, and this is more just like how I think the offseason is going to go. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be all that aggressive in free agency this year. So that's part of my, when I'm talking about the, that's part of my thought process with it. Is what you think will happen versus what you think should happen? What do you mean? Like you're thinking more about what is going to happen as opposed to what you want to happen. I don't think they will. And I actually don't think if you look at where they're at roster wise, I don't think they need to be that. I, I don't I don't think they need to go be ultra aggressive. I don't want them going and spending a ton of money on a free agent pass rusher. I don't think they need to do that. No, not they're spending. They're gonna spend 120 million dollars on Chris Jones. Is that not enough? We're not gonna give him you know a briefcase full of 120 million dollars. Yeah, they should. That's, That'd be a way cooler way to just do it, do it immediately. Fit, by the way, how many briefcases <laughs> would you need for 120 million dollars? Could it just be one really big briefcase, like someone like the, like the Hulk would carry? Yeah, it's like triple size, like a suitcase. While Cody's really. looking that With up, wheels. I, while Cody's looking that up, it's been it, it's a question that I have, and those of you watching the stream, maybe you've noticed what what's significant about the year nineteen sixty nine to you, Cody. Your Nothing. It's has, just the sweatshirt. It says nineteen sixty nine. It says nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it says, Big just, moon guy here. You're just that's what it is. Okay, I was just wondering. Just, the shirt just says nineteen sixty nine. I was just curious if it was an important year for you. No, it's just a sweatshirt. Okay. No, I'm just curious, man. That's all. I meant to bring a change of clothes for Club Six Ten later. You know. Puts more An clubbing clothes change? on. Yeah, but I forgot. You have clubbing clothes? <laughs> no, I'd have to look for something that most closely resembled that. I would love to see. Because of the patterns, it would very that. end up being a, I, you know, like it would be that kind of shirt mm-hmm. pretty much immediately. Hmm. Hmm. Um, a standard briefcase can fit uh, $2 million in it. So we'd need 60 briefcases. Yeah. Deal or no deal? Just 
That's it. Carried in. But everyone who chooses has another $2 That's actually the best, is pull up in a U-Haul truck and you open the back, but there's 60 briefcases. And unload the briefcases. That's Veach. Mm-hmm. They're just dumping briefcases into Chris Jones's driveway. I think he would be okay with that. I think he'd be just. You fine. think he would be okay going with to the bank cash with payment? That yeah, amount of so. cash would suck. Well, you yeah, you just wouldn't. Were you taking <laughs> one briefcase full of two million dollars at a time? Start hiding it in the walls. <laughs> just go to Chris Jones' house. Just open a closet and like four or five brief. I'm, I haven't got them all in there yet. Just give me time. Uh, those are Nick's notable notes. Coming up next, though, we'll continue talking some Chiefs football, this time on the offensive line. And one thing that Chiefs have to look forward to when it comes to two players not named Orlando Brown Jr. We'll tell you who they are next. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 